Welcome to Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. I'm your host, Matthew Barnaby. Big, big day, actually big weekend in sports. Big week ahead with the 150th British Open. Tiger Woods there, all the big names there. And uh, with Live Tour and everything going on, it's going to be a massive week. Wimbledon just passed. NHL draft. Wow. Some surprises. Leafs, what are they going to do? The Hawks, are they tanking? Sure, looks like it. We'll get into that. The Blue Jays, one and nine in their last 10. And so much more. I can't wait if you can figure out what this shirt says by the end of the show. By the end of the week, I will send you a free one. My guest, my friend and host of the morning show on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. You can also catch it on Apple podcast great show I, I call him kind of a chameleon because there's not a sport he can't talk about very opinionated sometimes funny awful dresser but uh awful dresser well average dresser i mean he, he's the hoodie king i'd go with I'd, I'm, not I'd go. A, I'm not a millionaire like you i can't design my own clothing lines of all willy-nilly <laughs> and just design whatever i want to do wearing fancy jackets going to galas getting paid god knows what for these things like okay if you can figure this out I love ex-wife tree music. I love it's two words. If you can figure that out, I will send you one. I, I'll, maybe I'll even send you a blazer, buddy. Oh, oh, I'll take the blazer. I'll take, take the, blazer. the blazer. I need the blazer. Even you know what would be so funny is wearing one of yours and just having it be all big on me, like have just be like swimming in it. Yeah. One time, one time when I was at work, I was leaving and I just grabbed a pea coat that I thought was mine and I wore it. I wore it for like legit a minute. Before I realized, like, what the fuck? Like, this is a dress. It was Anthony Stewart's. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Anthony dress. I don't know if you want it. I, I could have tripped on the, like, length of it, first of all. And, like, it looked like he's like, where are you going with my fucking coat? I was like, uh, <laughs> sorry, dude. I have no idea. And if you've ever seen Stewie's, like, hands, it's like, he's the last guy you want thinking he's stealing from something from you. Like, <laughs> Like that dude could throw down. There's a reason he didn't fight as much in the show, and it's not because it was his choice. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got massive mitts. You you see him on set and his mitts are just massive. I don't know him that well, but he's like the nicest, nicest guy too. Thank God. Thank God for everybody else. <laughs> because there's one of my favorite YouTube videos. I gotta get this out quick. One of my favorite YouTube videos is when Stewie was at the end of his career. He joined this like Quebec fight league where it's just like all oh, yeah. Quebec loves these fight leagues, by the way. It's like there's some all those guys were like living under, like <laughs> uh, underneath the rink in Laval, like doing yeah. heroin before fights. Like, no idea. Fucked up, man. He goes into this fight league, and obviously, like, he's former first round pick, and guys are trying to take a run at him, and they send out like the toughest dude on the other team. And this video, dude, like, Stewie's so strong, like, freak strong right yeah, yeah and he's you know when you just see the hockey fights where somebody's grabbing someone and it's like they own them like you're just their puppet and that's all that was was watching this tough guy in the french league get absolutely ragdolled by stewie in a way where it's like he was a marionette dude he was just like anthony wanted him to go over here he was going over there it's like my favorite video just look up anthony stewart fight league Quebec. you'll find it it's incredible like, my, my 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 junior roommate dominic malta when i retired he's like hey dude uh, you want to come to Quebec? Uh, we play in league. Uh, they pay you uh, $700 a fight, and uh, they don't care if you score a goal. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like, Brashear's in this league, all these guys. I'm like, I ran my mouth. Like, I fought, but there was people to protect you in the NHL if you lost. Yeah. 
I was like, not a fucking chance. No, no chance I was going What's to that league. You know, so everyone wants to make a name off you. So, you know, like guys would have speared you. Guys would have cross-checked you. Guys would have slashed you. Just trying to get like a little bit of a piece just so they have a story forever to be like, yo, I knocked Matthew Barnaby's big old teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> and these are new. These are temporaries right now. So the like, ones are 20 years old. They would have come out really easy. But this Dr. Dan, thank you. We're going for the new ones very shortly. I want, are, are, are you single or, or dating now? Like, you know, in between, you know. Little comes, like, comes Because I, 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 had, I had this conversation, not, not about you dating anyone that would have been a little little weird uh but i heard a guy talking about uh getting a vasectomy last week mm. and i i have a vasectomy so i told this story so I, i'm I, I don't know if you want kids or listen i if i had to do it all over again i love my kids but fuck are they expensive i'd be selfish i'm gonna be like my son not a fucking chance first of all he goes you guys are idiots for spending hundreds of dollars on girls taking them to dinner and plays he goes just get tinder man you just swipe swipe right and they're in and out in, in 15 minutes but i was talking about this vasectomy and the guy was like i'm in so much pain and whatever and i'm like well like how was the nurse like prepping you and he's like super hot super hot so yeah. i had prepared like years ago it's about 10 years ago since i had my vasectomy yeah and i went through this like mentally jd like giselle's walking in she's gonna be playing with my balls getting it all ready you know it is i had already had a shave for ready to go in walks in this little Chinese. You shaved yourself? I feel like that'd be the best part. Like that somebody else is going to do. It'd be like a barbershop for your balls. Like, yeah, I you want to walk in with hairy balls with a hot girl? I, no. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would 100% do it. Like I wouldn't walk in with like full, like, you know, a year. But I, I'd want a little bit of like, give me the treatment. Like, let's yeah. see how good you are. You are at this. <laughs> just lay me back with a cocktail yeah, like, and I, shave my body. I don't know. I would just be like, this is a little treat. Like you're going to see all the spots. Cause like, that's terrifying doing it yourself. Like, like that's why all these companies have popped up in the last 20 years or like the last 10 years of that's like everything with like male grooming. Oh, yeah. Dude, when you clip, when you clip it with that razor, the feeling you get is the worst feeling you can have in the world. It's like, you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to be in the hospital in two. And like, I, <laughs> call an ambulance and it turns out to be nothing right but it's just like that feeling is just like it's over for me i gave myself a vasectomy so someone else doing it hell yeah i would be so into that dude. oh yeah it would be like missing a game with turf toe but you just clip your balls <laughs> yeah. so little woman walks in guy? no 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 little asian man walks in right okay. and he's like i'm i'm here to prep you i go not a fucking chance man <laughs> dude, not not happening no chance so whatever i go listen there's like three hot blondes out there. He's like, no, I'm the one. My buddy was the one doing a surgery. He walks in, he goes, how bad did I fuck you over on that? And I'm like, you're such an asshole, dude. So I told the story to this guy. He had a much better experience, but hopefully his stands up. Mine was fine. It was like a sprint for the next few years. I'd be way more into this. I'd be way more into the little guy doing it because I think before a surgery, that's the smallest you'll ever be. <laughs> Like, that's well, you small. fluff it up while you're in, though. No, dude, I, I, there's no chance. Like, because I had a inguinal hernia like 10 years ago. And so that's like the little tube that your like balls drop down when you're a kid. And I had like okay. a little sap ball in there. And I went into a doctor and he took two fingers and jammed them between like your balls and your thigh. And he like was like, I'll tell if it's a hernia or not. Pushes in there. He's like, does that hurt? I'm like, hurry <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Dude, I almost went out like I, I was gonna choke this old man out. Where I was like, "You're you're dying for this right now." Like that was so much pain. Why didn't you go softer? But it's like I remember just being there and being like, "I think like 
this it's like I was invisible. It was like it's like the nub of my pinky finger sticking out. Like that's all that was there. So no, I would never. I'd be too ashamed. I'd be too ashamed to. I'm like, what are you gonna do? Pick up the hot blonde nurse that she's coming to be like. <laughs> Oh, so you get your balls snipped? You can be impotent? Like it's like, it's like that's what I mean. no way, no way, dude. I, that's the last thing I'd want. That'd be a nightmare. Hot blonde walks into that room, and I'm just like, yeah. Of you, I'm like, no. Hey, unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby with JD Bunkus, host of the morning show Sports at five ninety. The fan talking, shaving balls, sticking fingers up your ass. No, we're not. <laughs> but dude, no, not, well, here, here, we don't worry. Well, he didn't go to. He didn't go to. He wasn't like having a good time. He wasn't like your choice. So I was like, two, bro. <laughs> hey, I, I feel bad when you when you turn fifty and you got to pick your doctor and they. Give oh, yeah. You, he's like, nah, just give me the shocker for my prostate. Yeah, you know what's doing then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're out. Then you're you gonna be the smallest doctor. Yeah, exactly. ever. Um, where do I go from here? Wimbledon. Did you watch any of the Wimbledon this weekend? Uh, I watched. I didn't watch much of it going in. Listen, Kyrgios uh, in, in makes me wonder how he can be so great. Because, man, he, he can change the sport. Because I think that's what we look for. We look for villains. And, you know, I, I wish he was like an asshole in, in, in the post-ceremony. Just how he congratulated Djokovic, who's maybe the greatest of all time. But. This guy's like a mental midget yelling at his fans and yelling at his family and his dad and his coach during the game. It's like, play tennis, man. Like, you're taking yourself right out of this as good as you can. He probably should have beaten Joker if he was able to stay focused in this whole thing. So, tennis is like one of the only sports that, like, I care the least about. Where I'm, yeah. like, always never passing interest. Because it's always, like, this is the interpretation of me. It's usually, it's like, yeah, if Djokovic is actually getting to play in the tournament then he's going to be heavily favored to win. And you usually end up with like kind of the same key figures. And I've just like, I never played tennis growing up. It yeah. doesn't have the same allure to me. It always like, I've never been as great with the sports that have the like hardcore hoity-toity element to it, where it's like, it just doesn't do it for me. Like I don't picture myself going to Wimbledon and sitting there like in your blazer being like, I belong. <laughs> you know? like I, I just, I can't put myself there. But I do actually kind of like Kyrgios. Like he's the one guy where I'm like, Oh, that dude's in it. He's a wild card. He's just going to do crazy things. So I don't, it's always weird for me like that because he's not who he is without that fire. Right. Yeah. With that passion. And I'm surprised that like, that's kind of, you know, your position on him just because like, I think about you as a guy who like in his career needed to have that, like somebody's pissing me off. Something's under my skin. I need to be like, like, wouldn't you say that your most focused was when you were like pissed at something or you had something to be like angry at and focus in on? I thought it's a hard line to do it, but it, I feel like that's the issue is that if you go over the edge, it's just, it's gone, you know, like you can't, you can't ravel it back up. Great point. And, and yes, I, I love being pissed off, but I, I love pissing people off more than being right. pissed off. I like being engaged, but much different playing hockey than being, at center corner at Wimbledon by yourself. Oh, and after every point you're turning instead of focusing and you see him even while he's about to serve, shaking his head and shaking down and swearing. Listen, I love, I love emotion. John McEnroe, I, I played tennis growing up, wasn't great, but I did play a little competitive tennis a, as a kid, mostly because it was cheaper for me to go to a tennis club than it was for babysitting. So it was, it was a win-win for us and I got to play sports all day. Yeah. But I love John McEnroe. I love, I love the passion. The difference between John was once he had his rant, mm -hmm. he was done with it. Yeah. He was not able to refocus. I didn't, but I love him. I love having a villain in the sport because 
it is. It, it is one of those sports. It's an elitist sport. Listen, golf and tennis. You can see the Rolex signs. There's a reason why yeah. they go after those two sports in oh, marketing. So like Cadillac, and you're like, cool. yeah. But that's, that's why I love him. He's got tattoos. He's different. He's outspoken. Absolutely every part of it. But I just think he needed more focus if he's going to have success. But in just ending that, I love this line when he kicked the girl out. And she was mocking him or trying to pump him up, whatever she said. She's a lawyer, actually. It came out today, a 32-year-old lawyer. And she was in between every shot. And he goes to the, to the umpire and he's like, can you kick this fucking girl out? And he's like, which one? He goes, which one? He goes, the girl that's had fucking 700 drinks. <laughs> the, the girl can't walk over there. And then the girl came out today. She's like, I had two drinks. It was the heat. It was just the heat. Listen, I've been hammered before and blamed the heat and no food before. It was more than two drinks. I can guarantee that. I, I blame the heat many times. <laughs> I blame the heat a lot. <laughs> I'm a big blame the heat guy. <laughs> My convection, it's like, you know, I'm not you all tanned up from being at the cottage. I see all your posts. Like, I've had many a time where I'm like, I only threw up because of the heat, man. <laughs> I had sunstroke. I, I got yeah. Sunstroke. Last but time it, I, yeah, last time I had sunstrokes was Mexico and it didn't end well. I was on the floor wow. for about 24 hours. And dude, there is nothing worse than that, though. When you get too much sun and yeah. move and forget to eat, that's the like devil's trifecta of you're not going to be the same person for a couple days. <laughs> That like full body hangover you get through day one. And then day two is just mental fog where somebody asks you a question. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, I said, what's your name? <laughs> like, Don't bother me with this. Like I need a two day recovery period from that. And then water, water, water and darkness. You know, yeah. like, I'm going to be in a room where all the blinds are out and nobody's going to bother me. And this is like when you're talking about reasons not to have kids, that this is the one that I always come back to for me is sleep. I don't sleep well enough in my job because I do the morning show, but I can't imagine giving up my like Sunday morning sleeping, especially football season, dude. Like I was going to piss off every guy who's a dad right now. Or Like you're listening to this. I, every Sunday. They're I all high-fiving you right now. I try to sleep as close to football as I can every day. Every hour I wake up closer to football is the best. Like I need to have about a period of an hour to make sure all the bets are right and all the fantasy lineups are there. But I don't want to wake up at seven in the morning and be up with children waiting for football. And then what you get to watch a quarter and what, like, no, I want to watch all of Sunday on my couch alone, hung over a couple of Advils, a greasy meal that no, I'm just like eating to myself and I've slept and I'm slept in. And by the time that day is done, I'm ready for the week. Like that is my ultimate recuperation. By the way, speaking of football, if I can play host for a second, how are you feeling about your quarterback, the MILF hunter out here? Like, oh, this, fuck. Uh, <laughs> Over five and a half wins. Lock it down. Like, that guy. So, you saw this, right? Sam Darnold, or sorry, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Is that he slept his mom, his mom's, mom's best friend. Unreal. What do you think's worse? This is the question that we did today sleeping with your buddy's ex or sleeping with your mom's best friend? Well, I slept with my buddy's ex, so. <laughs> <laughs> Best buddy, though? Best buddy? He was a really good friend then. Oh, yeah, that's tough. That's a tough yeah. look. That's a tough but look. you know what? You know what they say. If, if you're going to do it, end up with her. Rhonda, yeah, you we're, have to. We're, you we're, have six, to. we're six years later, so. Yeah, we're, yeah you we, have to. You have yeah. to. If but you I, don't marry, it's like it's the worst mistake that you'll ever make in your life. 
Yeah. That it's like that. What happens? It's just like the person's completely cut out. I just figure like that's his college roommate who he loved at BYU. And now, like, I don't know how BYU is, if it's like cool to go back to their reunion stuff, because it's all like Mormon. Right. It's either the best where they're sneakily like we're the horniest guys who have eight <laughs> wives and like we're drinking on the DL yeah, yeah. And weird drugs. Or it's the worst where it's just nerdy and you go back and nothing really happens. I'm going to say two. Yeah, but think about that. Like every college reunion, everything, all the group is fractured now. Like you can never just go back and hang out with QB1 or wide receiver one. You're in two different groups. You got to avoid each other at all the social settings. Like it would just suck, man. Like that's why I just think that that, like his friend, like you've seen his ex-girlfriend though. Wow. She's a... She's a like that's why it's worth it. Because I was gonna say, like, yeah. Listen, I, I I'm gonna go with I, I think banging your mom's best friend isn't that big a deal. <laughs> like Dude. if you're if your mom's best friend is hot, it's like, hey, hey, she's single. I'm single, but then I'm every, going for it. Mom's hanging out with her, she's like, well, like, yeah, I mean, it's a little. It's a little off off center, but you your know. mom's cool though too. I feel like your mom would like take it more in stride. Like I like your relationship with your mom is different. If I did that with one of my mom's best friend, like I don't think I'd like it would just be the worst. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to deal with it because I feel like every time my mom would have two glasses of wine and I'm home, she'd yeah. be like, You ruined my friendship. And I was like, oh. why does it have to ruin their friendship? I don't know. I just think it's a tough move to first of all, think about it. Like that if that woman is her best friend, yeah, she saw that kid as a baby. Yeah, well, we 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 got we got to see pictures of her. I haven't seen a picture of her yet. No, so. no one's seen one, but that yeah. that'll be the determining factor. In Dude, how horny are you though, Zach? Like you're QB one of the New York Jets. You can't like oh. not bang your mom's friend. That's no, what I'm arguing for. Is like one thousand percent for game one. I will have a number two milf hunter jersey without a doubt. He's <laughs> That's him for the rest of his career. And he played for the team called the Cougars. Like, it's oh, yeah. Like, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's unreal. All right, on, on to the NHL draft. Big surprise. Everyone says, oh, my God, you picked all – it wasn't my picks. I, I had taken a scout that I had talked to that I respect probably as much as any scout. He goes, listen, I don't have right in the top three. I got him at four. And he had – his top four was exactly the way it played out. What did you think of the draft? How it played out? Did Montreal listen? I I, I hate saying did they make the right pick? They haven't played a game in the league. This is the kid that I like the most, but I'm not a scout. I don't watch them enough. I don't pretend to be. But what I've seen from this kid, he looks pretty damn good. So I will say this: one of my favorite times of year is when Twitter starts having like hot takes about the 38th pick of the NF in the NHL draft, like. <laughs> You never saw this guy. You've seen like some clips and guess what? You know, better than anybody. If you take the best clips and the worst clips from anybody's like junior hockey career, you can make them look like the greatest player who ever lived or a guy where it's like, I can't believe this guy is ever showing up. In the <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm the same way where like I ask scouts, I talk to people in the know. There's like some people that obviously like, you know, you respect in this industry that you get to know a little bit and you try to feel out a little bit of, Hey, what is the vibe? And I did think it was like, I bet I didn't bet on Shane Wright to go first overall. Like I, the only reason that I didn't bet on, uh, I'm never going to get this kid. His name's Yuri to me. Right Slavkowski. Of course. Of course. I, I, I don't have it down yet. Yeah. I do He'll change it three times before he's 25. 
I, somebody roasted him today. I saw it was hilarious because he was skating around and they were like, this guy looks like uh, like uncoordinated Pierre Engvall. And I went, he does. Shit. I wouldn't have been happy about this little video of him skating around because he just, he looked clunky. It was like clunky Pierre Engvall. I was like, dude, what a tweet. I, <laughs> um, I just like, to me, uh, I think that the big winner has to be Seattle though. Like even if you didn't have Shane Wright number one, what's it's like he's a floor pick to me where now you look at it and you're like you have been years and you have right who's going to be pissed and this is something i kind of want to ask back to you is like do you believe the chip on your shoulder thing because like there's obviously now that famous video of him going to be staring down the habs and i'm kind of choked that he plays out west and that he'll only play montreal twice a year because yeah. it would have been so awesome if he was like a saber and they had to play them all the time and that was like built and cooked into a rivalry but do you actually think that a guy like that having like fallen out of a draft slot that everybody thought he was going to be in for over a year is actually going to have, or can possibly have like a material change in terms of like how a prospect develops over his first couple of years. Well, I, I think he works hard anyways. He's not one of these yeah. lazy players That's where the lights right? going to go off. Right. Like we had a guy when we drafted going back to 92, David Cooper, we took 13th overall. Maybe if he went in the third round and he played with a chip on his shoulder, it might've changed the way that he approached camp instead of being this six, but three guy that was ripped that never ended up playing because it was always too easy for him. <clears throat> but a guy like Shane Wright, I, I think he has all the attributes. He works hard. He says all the right things. I mean, he's boring. He's the opposite of Curios. I mean, he is the epitome of Sidney Crosby, says all the right things all the right time. But I do think there is added motivation. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just going to be better for his development and the fact that if he did go first overall, he probably plays in Montreal. And I don't think he's ready for the NHL yet. You slide down nitpicked over like crazy yeah. there. That's the part that I'm worried about for anybody that ever gets drafted like that to Montreal is that it's just like, yeah. I think there's probably only a couple places where it's like unbelievably hard to play because if you struggle, everybody knows about it. Yeah. And like everybody in Montreal too, it's like, you're going to go out. You're going to be seen by people. People are going to take pictures of you. People, if you're in a slump and you're out and you're having like a time, somebody's going to like, let that kind of be known. Yeah. I just, People talk in that town, and I worry for a kid who's just trying to get his feet wet, like how that's going to go for a first overall pick. Like that's just so much pressure. He had 94 points. He, uh, yeah, he only had 32 goals. I think he had 39 as his first year yeah. as an exempt status guy. But 94 points, two-way center. He's going to be a good player. I have no question. And I've yeah. watched him a lot. Watching him play in Kingston, my, my stepdaughter goes to Queens. So, you know, I try to catch a game when I was there. I've seen him practice. I've talked to many people that know him well. I've also talked to other people that didn't think he was the number one overall pick. And yeah. this is going back a, a few months ago. So I think he's going to be a good player. I don't think this is a bad thing for him. I just think there's not as much pressure, like you said, in Seattle. And if they mm -hmm. don't think he's ready, they aren't forced at number four to keep him. They can send him back for another year junior, dominate, maybe get traded to a contender, maybe win a Memorial Cup. I know that's a lot of ifs, 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 but there isn't the pressure pressure that we talked about. He has so. to dominate, though, because that was the thing is, like, I, I always wonder with guys like him, because he was basically consensus first overall pick for two years because that's yeah. status, right? Is how much of it is a guy gets nitpicked over because everyone's laser focused on him. And bored with Junior. Exactly, exactly. And so you start to look at everybody else and go, like, oh, well, this is a little bit sexier. But I do think that there's still a like real possibility that we look back on this draft and go, wow, he should not have fallen to four. Yeah. Like that's just because of like the nature of the position and the nature of just like guys who play that 200 foot game who are just dependable and reliable. 
Like, I don't know. That just seems like such a hard thing to pass up on for a winger. I think to me, though, like my draft takes were this. One is that it was the best draft I can ever remember in my entire life. Like Lafleur's daughter or sorry, Bossy's daughter and Lafleur's son. Yeah. Going there and speaking to the crowd. That was so emotional. How did Bossy's daughter not break down? She just stayed with it the entire time and delivered that speech. And when they were doing the Bossy chant, I full on cried. Yeah. I was, was leaking oh. oil. I was crying. I was like, this is crazy. Bettman was going full heel. He's doing the like wrestling thing. Like, come on, you can do better. That Montreal crowd was so locked in. And I was just thinking like, that's the part that sucks. If you get passed on first overall Montreal, it's like, you could have played for them where you, if you're somebody there, you're somebody forever. Ever. Like you're just a guy that like tell the day you die and beyond it, you have a legacy. Like you're a part of a real thing. And I just had, I hate saying this as a guy who lives in Toronto now and like watches the lease. It's just like that organization is so class from their fans in terms of like their ability to like live in the moment. And it's the same way when you're at a Habs game at the bell center, you're like the feeling you have in the rink for a big game on a Saturday night is so different from everywhere else. It's like everybody in the building knows how to live it and breathe it. And yeah, sometimes they're too reactionary. They're like, you know, New York Knicks fans. I always equate them to where it's like, Sometimes Knicks fans boo their own pick and they're brutal and they're the worst ones yeah. because they care. And because they care, they're locked in on things. They know how to do it. So that draft happens, right slips. It's just like, there's the Ottawa trade, which is like, all of a sudden Ottawa was like the sexy team. All of a sudden, like maybe new arena, new ownership, like bringing in the, the 40 goal scorer surrounded by like a group of young guys. And they haven't pulled from the prospect pool. It's like, I'm going back to Ottawa, like, and I'm going to be in the Valley in a couple of weeks. And I know all my sons, fans, and like friends and family are going to be talking mad shit. Like it's mad shit talking time for Ottawa fans. Like, and that, that's the, I'm going to rage at LeBreton. And it's going to be weird standing around there thinking about like, what is this going to be like when this is a hockey arena? And is this actually going to finally be the piece that like unlocks Ottawa as like the true potential of it being a hockey city? Cause I think it's there. But driving out to Canada and getting stuck in that traffic and having no transit and like, it's just a disaster getting out of there. If you take the bus, it's like it takes forever and you're on there with like a million just drunks after the game. If you drive, you know, you're tied into like the worst commute back of your life. Um, they've gouged the fans. They've had horrible experiences <clears throat> the last couple of years pushing people away. And now all of a sudden it's like for the first time since that playoff run where it was just like Carlson being like, I'm just gonna carry bombs i'm gonna do full like saucer passes this feels like the real chance for ottawa like this feels like it like i don't know man i just this this feels like a moment for them if you don't have tickets or need extra tickets for rage i have four that'll be sitting here because not a fuck am i going to watch rage the machine are you come on what are you talking about? I'm going to be in the mosh pit grinding like I was at Pup the Band. Like, What is Pup the Band? Oh, buddy. One of the best bands in all of Canada right now. Just blowing oh. up all over the scene. Trust me. Anybody who's watching this knows. Pup's blowing up. And they're all huge. Right. Uh, but I like going into a mosh pit. I'll be there with my brother. We'll be just absolutely tanked. We'll be. I'll be blaming the sun the next day. I'll be all like, right, hey, do, do, you have do you have tickets yet? Yeah, I do, but okay. I'm like choking. Like, give me those tickets. I'll sell mine. Like, my brother and I put ours on the second. When I said you, you guys should put yours up and then take ours because we won't be going for it. So we'll talk about that, and I'll probably see you there. We'll be not at that concert, but yeah, going to Luke Bryan on Thursday. We're going yeah. to uh, we missed Atlantis last night, but yeah, yeah Luke 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 Combs was unbelievable. Man, was he good? I bet that's that's a good one. It's crazy, man. Like Blues Fest has become 
like when I was first there for college, uh, it started to like get some bands, like it started to get some like real headliners, but it's yeah. just blown up over the last decade. Where are they going to host it now, too, with like LeBreton Flats being gone? Like, I <laughs> we still got to get LeBreton Flats done here, buddy. It's going to get done. Don't you think I, it's going to get done? I, oh, I, I totally agree with you. But yes, yeah. we've been hearing this for 15 years. But I, I now that Melnick's gone, yeah, it, it, it will happen. It, it has to happen for it to be. You, you're going to get in on the ownership group? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, you're gonna sell that big bling that you got on your wrist that I, I see. That's yeah, like, a, 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 after with the G Shock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The hundred hundred and twenty dollars G Shock is gonna get yeah. me into. It looks good stuff. on there though. That looks like it looks nice on camera. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything looks good in camera with lighting and and all yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ottawa fans are going nuts. Debrinkin coming in. Mm -hmm. I listen before Ottawa, or we can combine both. Ottawa's going to have a very good team in a few years. I don't know if they're a playoff team this year, but they're knocking on the door. Can Gus me the guy, whatever. What the fuck is Dubas even thinking about bringing in Matt Murray? Okay. So I'm glad we're talking about this. At first, I hated it. And I still don't really love it, but I'm already doing the thing where once Elliot said the talks are intensifying, I was like, dude, you got to lock in and accept, you know, like you got to start spinning this as not just being negative. That, that's like, that's like, that's like talking yourself into going home with a three at two o'clock in the morning when you went out with like, I'm going to get a nine or a 10. Now you're at a three. You're like, you're talking, you're, you're, your buddies are saying, no, no, this, this is bad. You're like, nah. So this is bad. Bad. talking to me because you lived in a reality where you actually could talk yourselves into getting nines and tens. And I never had that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I never went to a box. <laughs> you are going to do a five foot 10 making no money. Like pull this man out of nowhere. What the fuck are you talking about? Like that's never been a reality. I've always been talking myself into three, bro. Like I'm living in the threes. So like, yeah, that's where I'm at with this Matt Murray thing is if you would have had an outline of, Hey, JD, like here's what the options are at goaltender and, at first, I was like really into flurry because I thought, hey, you get two years of flower, you overpay him just a little bit, but that fits the term of he comes off the books when Matthews and Nylander come off the books. And then you can kind of like reset the timeline. It gives you time to develop goalies. It lets you get time to like trade for a younger guy that you can kind of take a shot on, right? Like who's going to be the next Forsberg? Who's going to be the next Huso? Toronto should be kind of targeting those dudes. They couldn't make the Detroit trade because they didn't have any picks. So literally to get Billy Huso, they would have had to trade that number 38 pick to bring in a guy who's kind of unproven, then slap him with like 5 million bucks a year. That's a little steep and rich for a guy who is just as much of a wild card as anybody. Then you're looking at Kemper who wants, there's not enough goalie in the league. So it's Kemper. They, they don't have the Kemper money. But that's it. Kemper and Jack Campbell both want north of five. I don't know what those guys are going to make, but if Billy Huso just got 4.7 on a three-year deal, you're telling me that those guys aren't going to be like 5-5 five, five range? You don't think the Oilers are going to pay through the ass for Jack? Yeah. Oilers aren't going to fuck around with goalies anymore. And Washington is not going to fuck around with the end of like Ovechkin's run here and the end of that group's run by having like those goaltenders. I think that basically Ottawa and Toronto, like this is just my read. I'm not an insider. I don't know shit. I think that Ottawa knows Toronto's out of options here. Like that their goalie stinks – and Toronto knows that Ottawa needs to get off that contract. And those two guys are staring each other down being like, neither of us can really fuck this up. Because if Matt Murray goes to Toronto and he rips it up and he rebounds and all of a sudden he's, you know, 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins, Matt Murray in the playoffs for them, then how is like cancel the Bretton Flats, like cancel it all. If you give Toronto a goalie that gives them play a playoff run, like Ottawa's done. It's over forever. 
Like, think about how Ottawa fans reacted when Logan Paul was fucking <laughs> scoring goals. Like, or sorry, Nick Paul. Logan Nick Paul. Paul. Yeah, Nick Paul scoring goals. And like all of Ottawa was giving it to Toronto fans being like, we did it. This is a win for us. Like if it ends up being Matt Murray good in Toronto, that's a nightmare. But it's like, what's Matt Murray's value? Because I read like Gary Ock today. He said that they offered the seventh pick to get off of that contract. Yeah, to, to Buffalo. Buffalo for the yeah. Buffalo have the 16. Uh, 16. So they were going to trade back in the draft, those slots, and then dump Murray at that price, which thank God he nixed it because they get to brink it instead. And maybe yeah. Chicago does the trade if it's the 16th, but I doubt it. Like not even them could, not even they could be. But that's not team. having money. That's a bad way. That's a bad look for Ottawa. I yeah, love Pierre Dorian. He's a great guy. But what a bad look when you want to get off a contract so bad, you're willing to trade like Chicago, Chicago wanted to get off. They're willing to spend money to get off and they're going to tank. We know that with Debrinket gone and Doc gone and not not qualifying Dylan Strom and and, yeah. and and doing all this shit. I get it. I would do the same. And I trust that scouting staff. They, they've they drafted Kane and Taves and Keith and Seabrook. And they've won, oh yeah, three that Stanley Cups. That was a long, it's like, you know, we think about that as more recent because those guys have been around the league. No, it, it's, 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 it's a long time ago. I, I, I get that. Yeah. But I, I trust they've had a great run. Yep. And it's try, it's time to burn it down, tank, go after Connor Bedard. But it's a bad look for Ottawa to trade back, try to trade back, and then having it fucking nixed on you. I know. But it works all out in the end because you get a 41-goal scorer in to break it that's surrounded by his age group of guys to grow together. Listen, I hope for Toronto because they are in a win-now mentality. And, and listen, the cup parade is already going to go up. We see the odds. They're always... You know, if they aren't first, they're going to be second or third because of Toronto faithful. Everybody's betting on them, yeah. But Matt Murray is fucking bad. Dude, I, okay, I agree. But and this, he's hurt yes, all but, the time. Yeah, I know. And he had the Conco last year, whatever. He's skating out. This is, this is my thing, though. Okay. With any idea, you always have to present me with, like, what is the other option? So here's Toronto's options. Either you break the bank to try to bring in Darcy Kemper, and you give a goalie who's going to be in his 30s, like, term which is a nightmare. Like then you're the team a couple of years from now with that Matt Murray contract, trying to get off of it to somebody else. I think the Jack Campbell thing is fucked. I think that they lowballed him. Like yeah. Kipper said it in the middle of the year, they lowballed him to the point where it was like, eh, this isn't good. And now he's had this good year and now there's no goalies on the market and he's hitting it. And everyone's like, dude, you're sexy and you're awesome. And the Leafs are kind of like, why don't you take a pay cut to stay here? And he's like, yeah. You guys didn't respect me essentially all year long. And now what you're going to come crawling back. Maybe it happens. Maybe it happens. But still like Jack hasn't been the healthiest guy. Jack had a bad month last year. Goalies are lottery tickets, man. Like I was talking to Colby Armstrong about this not too long ago, how he's like, as good as your goalie is, even as a player. And I'm sure like you'd back this up. You're always kind of wondering, unless he was you with Dom Hasek, I guess. But like, man, I wonder what the other guy would be like, you know, like I wonder what it would be like with a different guy back there. Like just always kind of wondering if you could upgrade that position a little bit. And so I just think that that's kind of where they're at. And so if it's not those two, right. Who are the two guys left on the market that you can actually go out and pay what you're going to trade for cam Talbot, 35 years old was absolute garbage to the point where Minnesota was like, please Mark Andre Fleury, come here. Like, please, man. Otherwise we're screwed. Like that's your options right now. So to me, it's like I'd actually at least rather take a guy who I think gets a fresh change of scenery, only needs to play 40 games because they're going to split it. They're going to end yep. up like somebody internal do whatever. They're not going to rely on him like when Ottawa first traded for him and they paid him like he was going to be playing like 
55, 60 games, which was nuts anyways, because he was hurt even when he was a penguin. Like he was hurt yeah. as a kid. So I think that he's obviously been a Band-Aid. I don't think that's going to be like anything improved. But you got to play behind a Leafs team that is going to be trying to go with that Colorado model, which is like we're going to outscore our problems. We're going to put a better defense core in front of you that's ever been there. Like now they're going to have Giordano under contract, Muzzin under contract, Morgan Riley. Like the team is like the team is not what it once was from a defensive standpoint. Like they're better in that regard. So it's like you don't need that 1A guy. It's risky. But again, like to me, if they were going after Matt Murray and there were eight goalies on the market, I'd be like, what the fuck are they doing? It's because he's so obsessed with the Sioux that he needs to go get the guy from the Sioux. You're going to fire this guy. But given the fact that it's like there's four goaltending options as far as I see it, because John Gibson's not happening. Like no. that's not going down. No. There's four options, two of which include crazy term and dollars, one of which is Cam Talbot, and the other one at least won some Stanley Cups. I'm I'm gonna go with the guy that won a couple of cups and at least showed it at one point in his career. So like cool. that's it for me. That's if it doesn't if, that, if it doesn't work anyways, any which way we cut it, Dubis is gone. They're they're yeah. they're He's gone. They're, they're, they're both gone. This is last well, kick. Of the I don't know. Cause I feel like I've said this for years now. I'm like, they're gone. If this happens again. And then they're here and they're like, well, what we're we supposed to do. We lost the table. I'm like, what <laughs> are you supposed to beat the good teams in the playoffs? Like I didn't realize there was this like new thing in Toronto where they're like, we lost to a tough team. Like, it's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> we, we got, we, we got, we got respect this year in that. Yeah, that you guys got, did great. Got guys respect over there. Host, J.D. Bunkus of the Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, catches podcast as well on Apple. My buddy, great. I'm going to leave you with this. One more team in the Toronto area. Toronto Blue Jays. What the fuck is going on? One and nine in their last ten. Listen, there's been some good teams this year. Yankees are absolutely blowing it up. They're blowing away that division. Houston's been really good. But what the fuck is happening with this Jays? They look like they have a lot of fun playing. But uh, lately, it hasn't been much fun. So they did the same thing two years in a row where they didn't have enough pitching. This year, it's a little different because they paid a bunch of money for it. They gave two guys like Yusei Kikuchi got $18 million over three years, and they can't get him out of the second inning. Like he's just – he's got the yips to the max. Like he's just lost out there. Every time he gets on the mound and runs into trouble, you can just see him start to fall apart. Like you, you see him doing the stuff where he's like playing with his sweater and now he's like doing the, he's got like a neck injury. I'm like, okay, this is probably a phantom injury to try to get him right. They need him to. And then Jose Barrios, who I think they gave $120 million to, he's got an ERA north of five and he just hasn't been good enough. And that's knocked these dudes out of ball games early. They had to stretch out Ross Stripling. So that was another time where they didn't have like a lot of length in the pen. Now they've got this Gossman injury. They've just had to rely on way too many guys of their bullpen that like are not supposed to be in the spots they're in they don't have enough swing and miss at the end of the bullpen and they don't have enough starting depth which everybody thought that they were going to have at the beginning of the season and then you add the fact that like there still is a bit of like immaturity around this team and it's hard to put your finger on because like part of it is you want them to be this like fun loving natural group yeah. like you see them when they're riding high and you go that's the kind of work environment that everyone wants you want to come to work you want to have fun with your friends you want to go out there and ball but sometimes on the field, you look at it and you go like, what is it that like Lourdes Gurriel on the weekend gets deked out by an outfielder when the ball is obviously going to drop in? Where guys just make mistakes on the Bates pass, where Teoscar Hernandez still doesn't play good defense, where like just as a group collectively, it just feels at times like they're not completely locked in at the plate and they can be a streaky team because they don't draw a ton of walks. So like 
they're not as good as I think we thought they could be at the beginning of the season. They're not as bad as this stretch, but dude, the next six games before the all-star break here, like they've opened the door for all these other teams behind them at the trade deadline to be aggressive and to go after the same kinds of players that they're going after, which is going to make it tougher to add to that pitching. And if they drop a bunch of games here, I don't know. Like, I think that they're going to have a tough time selling the management that like they're going all in at the deadline. I think it's going to be kind of like a couple smaller moves, maybe a little bit of addressing for stuff next year, but that they're not pushing all the chips in the middle and they're going to kind of have a reevaluation at the end of this thing and be like, well, what needs to change? And it might be like a big trade. It might be another big signing, but either way, like this, I think the biggest thing is that the front office just like they misidentified Kikuchi. It really hurt them. Ryu was never going to help them. Pearson was never going to help them. And they once again went into the year with no swing and miss guys at the back of the bullpen. And it is absolutely killing them in some of these tight games. I, I've played with coaches that fucking had like their thumb right on your throat and no fun at all. I hated it. I've also, I've also had coaches that let us do absolutely everything we wanted and it was fun, but fuck, we had no discipline. How, how much falls on the coach on that part of it? Cause it's a young team. I, I think like, it's really tough right now, right? Because they they had a tragedy within their organization with the first base coach losing their his daughter. And like, it's awful. Like it really is just like, they're all at a team funeral today. And, you know, there's a human element of this of like, you can't pile onto that. But there also is like a business side of this that's going to be coming up here in a few days. Like, again, I think that going into the All-Star break, the Blue Jays need to go four and two. They got six games. They got to go four and two. I think if they go three and three, they have to remove the manager. Like that's the business, dude. You know this. Like, it's the talent is the like the most important part. Like the talent and the team construction. Like the guy who builds the team and the team itself is by far more important than the coach. But the coach has to be like setting the tone of a culture and making sure there's accountability and making sure that the the strategy is being deployed correctly. And I think that Charlie this year, like it's hard to prove the first two of those being all that effective for him. I think that he's a good guy. I think that he was dealt a hand where like he was supposed to take these guys to a certain point. But to me, it's like if you're in an all-in year and your manager is not conclusively the guy, like 100%, this is the manager that we want to bring in here and he's the, this is the coach, then you have to try to shake things up to try to wake up your team and tell everybody like this is different expectations this year. You guys aren't like the fun young team anymore. We're trying to win a World Series, and that was the expectation at the beginning of the season. It wasn't limp into a wild card and get smoked out of there immediately. So, like, are there people more accountable than Charlie Montoya? Like, 10 billion percent. He's probably, like, the least accountable guy in all these struggles. But you can't change your whole team, and they're not changing the front office right now. And so you have to try something, and he's the only lever that you can pull right now other than, like, overpaying in the trade market. So – I just, I hate doing it because I, dude, who likes calling for somebody's job? Like, it's the fucking worst. Like, you think that it makes me feel good to be like, you got to fire Charlie Montoya? Fuck no. But I definitely think that it's time for like a change there. And they've just got to have a different voice in the room and some shake something up here. Like, it, it's just, you got to come into work every day and feel like something's different. Like, if you keep showing up and it feels the exact same, you're going to play the same. You're going to be the same. So I think it's shake up time, man. Lindy Ruff, I wanted fired so bad because he was a douche when I played for him. He's actually a really good coach. Yeah. Kevin Constantine, I he could fucking rot in hell. I think he was the biggest douchebag and bad coach. Only two times I ever wished. The other guys, you're like, man, like Brian Trottier wasn't a great coach. Just Best such guy a good guy. We were like, like oh my God. You, you don't want to see these guys lose their job. And I think Charlie Montoya is the exact same way. But sometimes in business, he said, yeah. good guys 
lose their job when you lose their team. This is about winning. We're we're in we're 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 in the business of winning. That that's all that matters. You can be a great guy, but at the end, it's all about result oriented business, and that's where we are, and that's where we are. Uh, JD, thank you. I know you're going on the radio shortly. Oh, Thanks for being on. Just Love made me think about someone firing Brian Trotje. Like what a nightmare! I must have been calling him like the world's sweetest guy, like the best guy ever. Like unreal. Like, I. Like I, that's the day where you have the assistant do the work. You're like, <laughs> I can't show up to work. I'm not firing Trache, Hall of Famer, the fucking legend, the nicest guy ever. Like now you don't get to do beers with him ever. You don't get to fight <laughs> out and like get to see him play guitar. No way. I, I'm not doing that. I, I was just going to say, when you bring him in to fire him, I can see him just like bringing his own little campfire oh. into the office, starts playing a little tragically. No, I just, yeah, like that, that made me sad, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're a crier, aren't you? Yeah, big cry. I'm an emotional guy. Trache, like, no, man, that's not right. I've, every interaction I've ever had with that guy, I'm always just like, this guy is the sweetest dude. Like, I can't believe how nice and down to earth this guy is. Like, he's awesome. Like, he's, I, I cannot, if someone said bad shit about him, I'd be like, fuck you, man. I'd stand up for him. I'm not even his friend. Like, I'd be like, I love it. I'd be like, no, don't say that shit. Don't say that shit about him. He's a legend. Oh, that's cool, man. No, I'm happy no. to do it anytime, man. Keep killing awesome. it. The podcast is fucking awesome. I love what you're doing. Um, I think that it's just going to get bigger and bigger. I love the stories. Obviously, it's great. And I can't wait to read the book, dude. Like, Cheers. I'll yeah. buy a copy, all right? No, like, no. Send me a free copy. I'll still buy a copy. All, all right. right. I like that. Host of the Morning Show, J.D. Bunkus. Sportsnet 590, the fan, his podcast. Listen to him. The guy is a chameleon. And uh, listen, I guess puppet when friend or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, Rage Against the Machine. Sell your tickets. I'll give you mine. Make some cash. Everything. Everything Toronto, like I said, he's uh, multi-sport, knows it all. Barney's Bets, Boosted Odds. Subscribe and like my podcast, Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. I'll have my Boosted Odds this week. Open Championship coming and a free agency. NHL free agency this week is going to be a big, big week. Remember, don't have a favorite team except for the New York Jets, except for the one that covers and JD. Did you figure it out for a free sweatshirt i love ex-wife tree music and this is nothing against my ex-wife this is about other ex-wives out there i'm just stipulating that because i don't want to get slapped next time i see her i just I feel like ex-wife pine tune ex-wife like, i love i know tree music oh all right that's pretty good that's pretty good all right i get it now all right all right you got it Yes, I got it. I got it. All I'll right. I'll send you good. a shirt, buddy. Hey, Thanks, call me when you come into town next week and uh, we'll hook up for a few. Absolutely, brother. All right. Cheers. This is Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. Talk to you next week. Cheers.